This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison in a way that's refreshing, timely, and practical for listeners. Welcome to the Thacker Slate podcast. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that we get calls here about uh, once or twice a day, which is really a financial issue. Uh, how much is my divorce going to cost and how am I going to pay for it? Allison's here with me today and Troy Butler from our office is also here. And we're going to talk about how our firm has a unique approach and how we uh, look at this uh, potential question for our clients. But I will start off by saying that the statistics indicate that the average divorce with really no kids involved and no retirement and not a not a lot of issues is anywhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars. So getting divorced is not cheap. And uh, sometimes I tell people a rule of thumb is to take what you paid for your wedding and multiply it by two. Uh, and then when you add custody and parenting time issues into it, it can be even more costly. All right. So Troy, how are we going to fund this divorce if if someone's deciding that they're going to go down that road? You know, that's a great question. And it's, it's, a, it's really uh, unique and different for each situation. You know, my job here at Thacker Slate is to um, listen with a compassionate ear uh, because anytime you deal with someone's wealth, it, it's an emotional issue. And you compound that uh, by the fact that they're going through a divorce and it's really a, it can be really a tricky situation. And so, uh, you know, I spent 20 years uh, as a commercial lender and had to listen closely, but it's, it's even more important here uh, when we're dealing with, with people's lives and, and their personal wealth. So what I like to do is just spend a lot of time listening to the specific situation and, you know, the relationships that I built uh, here locally with, with local banks, I'm able to um, identify specific issues that may be appropriate for a person to talk to one bank or another. And I ask questions, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And, uh, you know, I try to work with their uh, certified financial, certified divorce financial advisor, um, you know, to not only to triage this, the situation that they're going through today, but to prepare them for the next phase of their life. And that may include, you know, cleaning up credit so that potentially they could put that retainer on a credit card, or it could include refinancing the marital home later on and whether they're going to be able to do that on their own and what sort of income they're going to need to do that. Is that kind of your wheelhouse? Absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, evaluating, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's really a kind of a triage situation. We need to get them through this little rough patch in their life. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at what their assets are, what their cash flow looks like today, and what it'll look like post-divorce, um, you know, because I never want to set someone up with a, with a loan or with funding or financing that uh, will set them up for failure into the future. And Connie, I think we see that a lot. People ask, I mean, and I can just ask you this, Connie, can you take money out of the joint account to pay for your retainer? Absolutely. And that's probably where you should first go is to take that money out and either get it out of the bank account and pay your retainer or get it on a credit card and make sure that that's paid. Other options, you know, from the banking industry for Troy would be if you're going to get a, a personal line of credit or, you know, assisting them with that. 
Yes, it could be. It could be a personal line of credit secured by uh, the home or a, or a second home, or uh, it could be something that's unsecured. Could be a credit card. Uh, it may be, you know, if someone owns a business, you know, we could look at, uh, you know, some sort of some sort of funding that's, you know, tied toward their business assets. Um, you know, it's mostly it's just listening with a kind ear to that, uh, you know, to that person that's going through the divorce. And figuring out what cash flow, collateral, and capacity for additional debt may look like. And let's talk about timelines. So when you're thinking about getting divorced, that doesn't mean you've filed already. Is it better to talk to you before you file for that divorce? Because certainly once you file, the financial picture might change. There may be orders that prevent you from taking on lines of credit. There may be orders that say that you can't spend this or spend that on different items. So is it better to kind of talk to you, make a plan, figure out how you're going to get that retainer paid, uh, and make a financial plan before you actually file? Yes, I, I think it's really important to get uh, to get me involved as early as possible because I can answer all sorts of questions and bring in other resources that may guide that person's hand, you know, uh, to to how they how they you know handle the the divorce situation. Yeah, and I always think it's um, better to plan, but oftentimes when you're the person who's surprised by the filing of the divorce and you don't really have a time to plan and you're in reactive mode uh, and it's scary, uh, not only you know what's going on with your personal life, but financially what uh, impact it could have, but we'd want to see those clients uh, right away to try to help them. To, to navigate how they're going to pay for the process, how they're going to pay for themselves and their children going forward and, and getting them the support that they need. Well, and I think Troy's been a great resource too. And what information do you need? What information should you gather? What information are you going to need for a loan and the process in and of itself? I mean, Troy, gosh, in your 20 some years, you must have looked at so many financial statements and different bank documents for people trying to get credit or loans that that would be something that you would be able to help them with. Yes. And, you know, like I mentioned, it's an emotional situation, you know, and, you know, people are, are concerned about being judged, but I've seen so many financial statements um, that they're just numbers. And, you know, we, we tailor uh, what we're going to do to what we see on the, on the financial statement. We had an, uh, an example just this week of a woman who works, uh, who's going to be filing divorce and who works in two family businesses and um, is concerned about her current situation, which she's got a great credit score and good assets and, you know, a good income today, but is thinking about quitting her job in the future. And what I told her was, okay, we can put financing in place today based on the income that you have today. What you do in the future is, is irrelevant, you know? Right. So um, just, just sort of putting a fresh set of eyes on a situation is often helpful for people. Well, and outlining that timing. I mean, for her, that timing is critical. If she would have talked to you three months from now, then she might not have that same opportunity, it right? It may be too late. And, you know, the relationship may have soured. She may have decided to quit that job. And now she has no source of income and I can't help her at that point. Right. And I think that's a really good point to make sure that people understand it's it's that snapshot in time when the lender looks at that day. They want to know what your income is and they want to know what your liabilities are. If that changes in the future, that doesn't really matter. So don't go out and do things that are going to substantially change that before you talk to somebody about it. Because once you do that, we can't put that genie back in the bottle and we can't then um, look at your income in the past and your debts in the past. We look as of that specific day. 
Well, and I think that goes for child support and spousal support too. I mean, once you file, the bank's going to be looking to see if you're going to have a support obligation of some kind, I would assume. Yes, exactly. You know, the bank is going to, um, you know, with, with, with our assistance, you know, evaluate what the, what the assets look like, what the repayment source look like, and they'll make a decision at that point. And, you know, what I tell people is there's no reason to be embarrassed. You know, if you have some, some bumps and bruises along the way, we need to, we need to take care of those obligations, um, which will also help, help you, you know, help your psychological state by just checking something off your list. Um, And so, just just talk to us and you know we will we will tailor something to get you through this rough spot in your life. Yeah, so I guess in closing we'd like to say, you know, it's it's not an inexpensive process to go through and a lot of people find themselves in the process. So the more that we can help you plan ahead of time uh, and or respond quickly, the better off everybody is. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 616-888-3810 or visit our website, thackerslate.com, for additional information. 